As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. Welcome back to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, which means Sunday I was at FedEx Field, and no, I still have not processed what just happened because the Washington football team, yeah, that one, beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 29-19. Seriously, don't really know how that happened, but that's why we're here to discuss it. Uh, joining me is... My partner at the Athletic, Rhiannon Walker. Uh, before we get into the basics, are you as equally stunned as I am, or have you have you figured out what we just uh, witnessed here today? Look, if I figure it out, I'm going to cash that check. I hope you know that. I was just talking to Nikki about getting a second stream of income. So if I do figure out how they can replicate this, I think that I'm going to take this to the team and get paid as well too. So I can't share that secret with you, but uh, no, it makes no sense why they can have their best all-around performance against the Super Bowl champions, or you know, Kansas City Chiefs who played in the Super Bowl as well too, or Green Bay or Green Bay Packers. It literally makes no sense, which is why it's so fascinating to be a part of the chronicling of this team, because what fun would it be if it actually did make any sense, wouldn't it? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, like life, sports is often is wildly unpredictable and uncertain. And today could not have been today was the epitome of all of that. All right, we'll get to what happened. And of course, the, the, the devastating news that Chase Young appears likely to be lost for the season with a torn ACL. We'll get to all that in a moment here on the Standard Group Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting, including on the Athletic app. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. If you click on my link or ran a story off this game, you can subscribe uh, through there. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Ben Standing. She is at Instant Replay, R-H-I Play. Um, boy, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I guess let's just start with this. So, like... I had people say to me all week, you know, what do you think? You know, is there any chance they could pull the upset? I'm like, well, they're one of two teams on the field, right? That was about as much as I was realistically going to give their chances. Tampa Bay is not only the better team, they're coming off a loss and a bye week, just like Washington. So you would have thought that they would have come out and showed some sense of urgency, which isn't to say that Washington shouldn't show some sense of urgency either, but we've been waiting for that from this team the whole season, and they haven't had anything. I mean, over these first eight games – it's basically kind of been well, the, the 
the, the plot lines may have changed week to week. The basic storylines were the same. An underachieving group, on, especially on defense, it just was not um, working out on, on any level. Uh, and yet, obviously, what unfolded, unfolded. I thought, you know, we're going to talk about Washington. I think Tampa Bay just looked completely unfocused coming out off the game. Um, everything went kind of went right Washington's way early. Uh, Tom Brady throws two picks in the first quarter. One was off a receiver's hands. And, and they just never really quite got going. Give credit to Washington. But we've seen other games this year where th- that may happen. And then eventually Washington uh, caved. And I, I think... You know, they did a really good job on both sides of the ball, having you mentioned Taylor Heineke and the performance he did, especially the last drive of the game where they shoot up the clock and led, led, led to, to, to the win. I, I think for me, there's a lot of individual components here that, that stand up, but the defense has been incrementally getting better. I've sort of pushed back on the idea that they've got, they've improved a lot in each of these games, but this game definitely felt much more akin to what we were expecting out of this group this year, even after Chase Young went out. And also, by the way, no Montez Sweat. He's still out at least a month or so, whatever it may be. And they kept the pressure on Brady. Uh, they didn't let anybody break tackles for the most part. They kept, you know, with the too high safety situation, they kept things underneath. All that seemed to work. Again, I don't really quite, we'll have to see the tape. I still don't quite understand what happened, and I put a lot of it on what Tampa Bay did wrong. But at the same point, I think defensively, and I think that's what you wrote about, defensively is really where Washington uh, stood up tall today. No, that's the thing. And it's impressive. I mean, you mentioned Montez Sweat absence, and you also mentioned Chase Young. I mean, they already knew coming into the game they were going to have to bring in some subs. I think James Smith-Williams got his first start of his career or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, Casey Tuhill, one of the things I talked to his former coach about was the fact that he just does the little things right. You remember that swing pass out? And he's just right there in coverage. You know, we've talked about the defensive ends in coverage and it hasn't looked good from training camp on, but um, it was just doing little things. Shaka Tony, the team seventh round pick, he got a pressure on Tom Brady. And I think that's something that John Dan Allen mentioned is that, no, they didn't get the sacks, but they got the interior pressure. And especially for a guy that's a little older, doesn't move as well as Tom Brady used to move. That was huge for them. So they did all those. It's all the things that they've been saying and we've been asking about over and over again. It's just little things, gap assignment, staying on top of their guys. Like you said, no missed tackles as well, too, getting the underneath stuff. And then, of course, when you get that pressure, you see a lot of those errant throws that are uncharacteristic of Tom Brady, and that was pretty impressive for this team as well, too. And it's just one of those things where Jonathan Allen said it best is that they had drives, like against the Kansas City Chiefs, they had drives where they were forcing turnovers three, I think, in that game in the first half. But then they give up a whole bunch in the second half of the game. Um, you have games like the Saints where you have two turnovers in the first half, but then you collapse in the second half of the game. You have the Green Bay Packers game as well, too. I mean, they play a close game there. But they just didn't do enough all together to put the pieces for a win. This time, wire-to-wire win against the Super Bowl champs. And no, it doesn't make any sense. It's actually ridiculous if you really, really think about it. I think I even – I might have predicted that they might win this game. But even I'm sitting here, like, based on the way the season has gone, this wasn't – I don't – man, in, I don't in, know. In what form did you predict they were going to win this game? Were you talking to your cat? Did you say this publicly? Where, where did you say this? Because – I, I'm not even sure the people in that building were saying uh, we're going to win this game. You know what? That was this is my preseason predictions <sighs> back in the day before they were two and six and everything else in between. Oh, I gotcha. think I said something along the lines of the fact that just based on what we had seen last year, um, kind of some of the additions that they made and everything else like that, this was going to be the revenge game. I think you remember during training camp we asked Ron Payne like, "What games on the schedule are you most excited about?" First game he mentions Tom's Brady. We want that game. Sure. That was a, matter of fact. I should have written that into my story now that I think about. It's, um, ah, gosh, maybe I'll do that later. Um, but that was one of the two games that they really wanted. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know. I mean, 
All right, so hold on. Uh, we're, we're, Rand and I are doing this like in a, in a hallway in FedEx Field, so there are random people coming by, so there's some extra noise. That's what's uh, that, that that's what's going on. Um, to, to the point of the defense, I'll just put a fine point of this. We, we typically talk about the line, and John Allen had another good game, and obviously we'll talk about the Chase Young situation in a second. You mentioned some of the replacements. Let's give the secondary some credit, having again not yet watched, uh, gone back and watched the tape. We, we much maligned group, and look, there was you know, they had to give up a 40-yard touchdown to Mike Evans. I mean, look, uh, Tom Brady and Mike Evans are, are good. And, and William Jackson had an inexplicable, uh, oh no, yeah, inexplicable face mask penalty on the literal last play of the first half that gave Tampa Bay an extra down and allowed them to kick a field goal to make it 16-6 Washington at halftime. But it's one of those plays where, based on how things have gone the first eight weeks, we're going to look at that and go, okay, here's where things spiraled out of control that gave them a chance. And then instead, Washington, you know, buckled down and, and, and allow, and didn't allow, um, uh, didn't allow that, that, that to happen. So I give credit to that defense. I mean, the three safeties, McCain, Cam Curl, and Landon Collins. I, I'm going to put Landon Collins as a safety for here to listen, don't yell at me. Um, you know, I, I think they did a, 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 a good job. And, you know, since Landon Collins has been, they've been more forceful about playing him closer to the box. I think today he was more in coverage because of how Tampa Bay was doing some things. They have been better. So give credit to that group. And it's a good sign, you know, again, why it took so long. It is what it is, but uh, you know it's a good sign that they're maybe at least figuring out something with that group. You know, the thing is, is that yes, yeah, you mentioned that face mask, and that that is like you know, in a lot of games, you could literally see the tie turn. You say, there they go again. You think about the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that they had against the Chargers, or any of the number of games that they've played so far this season. And you sit there looking like you all were about to go into halftime with a 16 to three lead over the current Super Bowl champions, and somehow, some way, inexplicably so, instead of just pushing the guy out of bounds. They're nowhere near scoring. You do that, tack on 15 yards, and now they're in scoring position. You're just like, and from a veteran player, no less as well, too. And then the 40-yard touchdown was when Kendall Fuller was in coverage. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you just say, oh, boy, here they start to come. But they never let it happen. And that's really when we think about the preseason. Oh, by the way, we have to talk about this one because, remember, Bob McCain saying, it's like, you know, make sure we talk about us, you know, when they're good. So we're, we're doing that right now. But this is the performances that we were expecting, the multiple turnovers, the pressure, and everything else like that. No, we didn't expect it to happen with two of their starters out. No, we didn't expect especially Also, Benjamin St. Juice wasn't playing in this game as well, too. That's another one that we haven't even covered. That's usually a guy that will play their third cornerback spot or sometimes play outside so Kendra Fuller can kick inside. But it's just it, – it, it goes to the resilience that Ron was talking about as well, too. And just it really is crazy to think about the fact that this 2-6 and six team – that was feeling very down about themselves on a four-game losing streak with multiple substantial injuries. You know, Brandon Sheriff went in and out of the game as well, too. Terry McLaurin had a collarbone injury um, during this game. They still, in spite of all those things, they didn't just win the game. They, like, forcefully, demonstrably won this game against the Buccaneers. There was really no question. Um, And I guess maybe it goes to what Bob McCain was saying during the press conference. They were desperate. Tampa Bay knew it. They knew it. And it showed Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'll come back to sort of the resiliency part in a second, but you mentioned the, um, you know, the defense did its part, but complementary football is a term that gets used a lot. Terry McLaurin uses a lot. Other players did. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, cliche kind of terms at this point. Today, though, I think was a really great example that in that Tampa Bay that gets the Mike Evans touchdown to make it 23-19, they botched the extra point. And, you, you know, I think we're all thinking, okay, well, Here's what's going to happen. Washington's going to go three and out. Tom Brady's going to do Tom Brady things, and they're going to lose. Instead, Taylor Heineke said, no, no, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to run what, – what, I, I don't have the stat for me. What was it, a 19-player 20 – It was 19 players, 19 play, yards. And queued up nearly 11 minutes mm-hmm. of the clock. They didn't give Tampa Bay the ball back until 29 seconds were left. At that point, they had gone for it on a fourth and one from the one. Antonio Gibson ran it in for his uh, second touchdown of the game. Pretty, you know, ballsy call even for a riverboat Ron uh, – get Ron Rivera. Um, and that was great. And, like, you know, the offensive line did a lot of work there. Heineke made some key throws. Gibson, I think, was really – Really, you know, he we talk so much about his explosiveness. He's really become a better uh, power runner inside. All that worked, and to to have you know, if you say one of these two teams is going to have a ten minute drive in the fourth quarter, obviously, again, nobody is going to think it's the it's the guy who was sleeping on it, directed by the guy who was sleeping on his sister's couch a few weeks before these teams played in January. Um, but that, but it was Taylor Heineke. And look, I'll be honest. I think if Taylor Heineke had come out and had something of a mediocre to dud performance the way kind of had over the last month i think we might be talking about kyle allen in their next week against carolina instead he goes 26 of 32 was poised calm and, and did a really good job despite you mentioned brandon scherf was out for a bit um uh, ricky seals jones is out without the hip injury during the game you know other than terry mclaurin the other receivers camp sims a little more active today but they're still not really getting a ton out of their other receivers and yet um, that they, they, they got it done. So, you know, uh, the Heineke story, whatever it's going to be long term, it remains a fascinating one now. And, and, and he really uh, did a good job today. Oh, man, it's, it's even crazy because one of the things I think that we haven't discussed about the fact is like those moments where you feel like the game is going to turn, you know, before we can get to that particular drive. Don't forget about the Dax Milne fumble. Like they had a drive that was actually looking pretty cohesive before that last drive that they had. And next thing you know. Balls fumbled, results in Tom Brady and them scoring the 40-yard touchdown, things of that nature. Again, like, opportunity to fold. It's something that we have seen with this offense as well, too. So it's like when they need to do certain things, they sometimes trip over themselves. Think about that Giants game where they ultimately won on the field goal, but similar ideas that fumble late in the game creates a more stressful situation than it otherwise may need to be. But to your to that point, yes, I mean, they got guys somewhat – Taylor Heineke said coming into the game that he was just saying, like, you know, have fun, play his game, stuff like that. That's something Ron Rivera's talked about as well, too, is that they don't want him to take his personality out. They want him to play safe, obviously, but to be who he is. And I feel like this game was probably one of the better ones in terms of like him hitting that sweet spot. He took his chances when he felt like he needed to. He took some sacks that probably you don't want to see necessarily, but he didn't take any of those big hits. He ran when it was necessary as well, too. Um, he was the game manager that they had kind of talked about, and it worked out well. Um, you get that tight pass into Terry McLaurin that you need. Obviously, I think it was, what, third and three? I think it was third and four. And Terry took a huge hit huge on the play hit. and hung on and, and you know did what he did. And then, of course, there was... <laughs> 
Theo says he got a woozy, I think, for dramatic effect, and then hits his chest. I mean, we saw the hit. We kind of were a little concerned as well, too, knowing especially about the collarbone injury. But they did all the little and right things. And, again, got contributions from a guy like DeAndre Carter, who got that 20-yard touchdown to really start setting things off um, on the corner rope. You know, just beat a really good Bucks defender and a really good Bucks defense to get that first touchdown of the game. It's just guys did what they're really, really good at, no more, no less, and it worked. Like, it's kind of – Jonathan Allen said this before. It's like sometimes guys try to do a little bit too much. For once, this game, both offensively and defensively, and let's not forget about Joey Sly out here as well, too, first time playing for the team. They did what they're good at, and it just worked out beautifully for them. Maybe, you know, possibly if they continue to play that way, this could be a very different story than where we are now. But for at least this game, it really works and worked against one of the better teams in the league, and so it could serve as a blueprint moving forward in the second half, which... You mentioned Riverboat Ron. This is his time to shine. This, I mean, they have a much easier second-half schedule than they do first-half schedule. So this is something where they could at least make some noise, maybe be a little bit more interesting moving forward. Absolutely. Um, a couple quick things before, before we go. Um, so obviously Chase Young, you know, the, we'll have to see what happens there. But, you know, the fear is he tore the ACL. Uh, source confirmed that during the game. Ron, Ron Rivera essentially said that afterwards if we play that out that that's the case you know obviously a huge blow forget this season i mean despite this win there's still a long way to go for even considering postseason or anything like that but in terms of going forward obviously for me the story i was thinking of writing going into this game was going to be that whatever the perception of this team is at the end of the year not necessarily the reality but the perception will probably in a long in 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 many ways be about how chase young himself performs down the stretch because without a franchise quarterback he is the face of this roster and you know this team has been underwhelming so far he has been underwhelming so far like John Allen's had a pro bowl war of the year but we don't view this defense though as being what John Allen is we view it as what Chase Young is now obviously he goes out and that from that list angle is gonna ha- is gonna disappear and whatever they'll, 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 some of these other guys James Smith Williams Shaka Tony Casey Tuhill whatever will have to now fill in double with, with both defensive ends out for a bit and obviously the hope is that by start of training camp or before the season at a minimum we'll see uh modern medicine is 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 wondrous that chase young will be able to to get back out there and play if this is though the end of his season i guess the question i'll pose to both of us sort of is what do we think here because obviously it's been an underwhelming season people want to use the term sophomore slump it's been that at least if not maybe even a little bit worse we just had a few days in which the conversation was uh, you know, what's going on here? I, I, I was a bit, I didn't love his press conference the other day. Thursday, yeah. yeah, not, not so much. It was a quote that everybody was focusing on in terms of, uh, that whether he, he accepted any criticism for skipping the, some of the offseason workouts, uh, you know, and he said, well, you know, basically I had to go, you know, had, had to do what I had to do to go, go make some money and you all would have done the same. Mm-hmm. Put that aside. My bigger issue has been sort of this lack of urgency. It felt like in some of his comments that he doesn't quite get that, one and a half sacks in a two and six record. He seems to have, be, be living his best life, and that's great for him, but in turn, it's not necessarily helping the team. Mm-hmm. All that said, he's a big building block, and now it's a big loss. And you can tell from an from emotional perspective that players, Cam Curl, Bobby McCain, and others really, because Chase Young came back out onto the field, he spoke to some of the players during halftime, they st- he still resonates with them as that emotional, one of the emotional leaders. But now he's out. So how do you, at this point, if this is the it for Chase Young for this year, how do you kind of view where he's at? Because like I said, he obviously has been down this year, and yet at the same point, it's not like anybody's going to give up on him. But so how do you kind of assess what happened to him this year if this is the end of it? You know, that's, that is tough. And it's almost, huh. 
I know that some of it, contextually speaking, is because of the fact that people respect him around the league. I think we started to see that last year. The numbers support the fact that he was being double teamed at a rate higher than most of the other premier pass rushers as just a rookie. So then people saw that said, oh, oh, oh hell no, you're not going to be the one to beat us. And then like, they, they saw way too much and they said, that's enough. Um, and so they've determined this year, he will not be the guy, the amount of chips, the amount of double and triple teams. And the thing is, is that at some level you wonder, is like, if there was a solution to the situation outside of just like effort and just continue to be in the play, I feel like they would have come up with it by now. Um, but then you hear guys like John Allen talk about like his work ethic. And then you hear other teammates who talk about like how he is one of the people that like leads the charge when it comes to like, you know, I think it was uh, gassers and things of that nature as well too. It's, is this, sometimes I wonder, is it for us, it's lackadaisical or like it sometimes seems indifferent. And I'm not sure if maybe he likes, maybe keeps the alarm to himself at some level. But then on the other side of it, it's just, there's just, there's so many people who are like, yeah, he's working his butt off, but it's like, and some of the stuff that he's doing is allowing other people to succeed and things like that, which we saw last year as well too. But for somebody picked second overall, who's supposed to be better than the Bosa brothers who are absolute, like they just maul offensive game plans the way that they do. You have to sit back and say, it's just like, you need that performance. It's great that, you know, he works as hard as he does, or it's great that he's the guy that leads the charge on the gas or any other way that he does, whatever the case may be. No, sack's not the only metric that measures success for pass rushers. I mean, Sam Mills has said the same thing, Ron, Jack, they all say that. Um, but it would be one of those things where it's like, you need those things. You have to get to that at some point in time. Um, how to reach that, I truly don't know, especially after an ACL tear as a defensive end where so much of your power is coming out of your legs and you are making those cuts. I mean, you think of the Isaiah win, like when he got under Isaiah win in the first preseason game of the season, you think about like those hard turns he's going to have to make. How much confidence is he going to have in his knee moving forward, things of that nature. I wonder about all of those things moving forward. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I feel like they're, they're like the way Chase Young is set up, is that when he's down, it's, it's almost as if he like doubles down on proving people wrong. So I'm at some level curious what he's going to look like next year, but just based on what we have seen, even when he was going through a little bit of that slump last season, I'm curious what it's going to look like when he comes back because just based on the small sample size we got last year, I was actually, I was very interested in the second half, these last nine games, to your point about yeah. he seems to not – Maybe not honestly understand, but like it's just like he's just not it's not a sense of urgency. I wanted to see if maybe that came up right. with these next few games. Like, can you take over a game? You did that a bunch last year in the second half. Can you do that again this year when the team really, really needs you? We're gonna miss that because of this injury, which is really unfortunate. But that's that's all over the place, but that's really how I feel about it. It doesn't make any sense um, in some ways. It makes a lot of sense in other ways, considering how much teams have put energy into game planning for this guy not to be the one to beat them. And Montez yeah. Sweat simultaneously, which is impressive. Yeah, it, it's just wild now. Whatever's going to happen, at least for the next few weeks, they're going to go without the two guys that everybody focused on for this defense. You know, the, the, the sack record they're going to get, they're going to challenge, and all these things. And now they're both out, and they're going to have to move forward. Um, last thing, speaking of the moving forward, t- two quotes that stood out to me today. One was John Allen when, when, when talked about sort of what this means. He said, quote, what separates the good team from the bad teams is being able to do this on a weekly basis. We're super excited and happy to be able to do it, but it doesn't really mean much if we don't do it next week, end quote. And then Antonio Gibson, I asked him basically, can, you know, can you make any heads or tails of what the hell just happened here, basically, in, 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 in totality? And he said, quote, it's about who shows up that day. That's what we did today. We came to fight and it showed. My send-off question is, 
what are we going to see for them going forward? Because this is a great game, but it all goes away if they lay a dud next week. I'm not even talking about the loss. You can lose a game, but do you play with the same resiliency and effort? If they do that, if they do that the rest of this way, regardless of what happens in the wins and losses, and some might say it'd be better to lose from the draft perspective, but that aside, then I think we can say, okay, they found something that, that they rewrited the situation. But if this is, if this, if this game, they go back to previous form, then this game to some degree, as John was saying, kind of doesn't matter. So if you, if I can make you get the crystal ball, like how confident do you feel that we are going to see some version of this, uh, going forward? I feel like, I don't know what it, with this team, you really never know. And the thing that's the most frustrating, I think, for us, like to cover and watch it is, the fact that you could see, you can see the glimpses. John Allen and that same presser you mentioned is like talking about how we have dominated. Yes, you all have dominated, but you have been unable to continue that consistently for reasons that are truly out of this world. It makes no sense. Even you all couldn't put your finger, maybe you wouldn't divulge what you all were finding out about why you all didn't do stuff. But in this set of circumstances, it's just one of those things where it's like, maybe they will play better. Maybe in some ways, like having, um, James Williams was telling me that, not having Montez Sweat, not having Chase, Chase Young, it's just like one of those things there. People aren't going to game plan for me the way they're going to game plan for them. So I'm a little bit more free to do what I want to do, and I almost wonder if that's going to be some advantageous, some matter of advantage to these guys. I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. I think that these guys also realize the guys that were that we leaned on, you think of Chase Young, you think of Montez Sweat, um, they're not coming back for a foreseeable time. So it's going to be on us to play sound. It's, it's, it's going to be on fundamentals. It's going to be on discipline. It's going to be on all those things. And I think that that finally has set in, like if not before, definitely now, that they have to play their best football here moving forward. Even if the schedule is a little bit lighter in some regards, this is a thing where it's just like you're constantly having to compensate for the fact that you are missing two of your best players in, this, in just this one section of your team. Um, but what they can do as a collective unit as we have seen, it can be pretty daggone good. That's the crazy thing is that if they don't try to do more than whatever the assignment is, if they just play to whatever the scheme says that they should be doing, if they don't have the blown coverages, minus the one that we saw today, this could actually be a decent team. And they go to Carolina, they should be up for that game. I, I don't know how else to say this to you, but you're well, certainly the head coach will is going to be and will get and and if he has any say in the matter, they will be. Plus, like as we discuss all the time, half the half the people involved, coaches, Ross, or front office, everybody is former Carolina people. So there should be a lot of motivation there. There should be there's including if Taylor I, Heineke. That's an organization that sent him away. Ron Rivera was in charge, but he can just sort of put it on the organization. Or Kyle Allen, for that matter, they traded him away too as well. So I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I. If we go down to Carolina and they play pre this game, I would be, and I don't feel any way because we just cover the team, but it would be a little bit of a disappointment. It's like, how do you guys manage to do this against this particular Tampa Bay team that has only lost two games to two very good teams up to this point who hold them to their lowest season total in points? But then you go down to Carolina, which isn't necessarily as good for a coach who, you know, was, you know, terminated from this team for with four more games left in the season, everything else like that. This is going to be a very emotional game for him returning to Bank of America Stadium. If somehow, some way that you guys don't get grasp the gravity, you don't grasp the momentum that you all have created, that will be the part that's most disappointing is that you all have literally just shown, you have put, like I said, Jonathan Allen put one film that you all can play with anybody. All right, so then go out and prove it next weekend in this highly emotional game that's going to matter a great deal to not only Ron Rivera, but I imagine to his whole family because they spent eight years down there and nine seasons with the team. 
Go out and do it then. Taylor Heineke is just like you've talked about, and you wanted this moment. You talked about how emotional it was for you because a year ago you were just sitting on, a, on sitting on your sister's couch and everything else like that. Here's your opportunity to go out there and play this game, play it well, get the win for your coach, perform well all around. Just do it again because then you're gonna have guess what? Prime time game on the other side of it. There's no, there is no opportunity for let up here. That's really the way I look at the rest of the season. Is that you have five games in your division to close out. You have this game in Carolina. You had the Monday Night Football game. You have the game in Las Vegas as well too. Every single game is an opportunity. If you guys are thinking about playoffs, I don't know how realistic that is, but if you're thinking about it, this is where you guys need to start building off of it to reach that destination. Anything less than that at this point, unless you're trying to get draft picks, whatever the case may be, it's a disappointment otherwise. She is Rhiannon Walker at Instant Replay, RHI Play on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you can read her work and mine as well on The Athletic. Uh, lastly, just as a quick uh, note, uh, important to mention, uh, the great Sam Huff passed away uh, on a Saturday. Uh, obviously, part of, part here as a player before either even even an old guy like me, he, he retired long before even I saw him play. But very much a part of my childhood as part of the, the legendary radio broadcast with with Frank Herzog and Sonny Jurgensen. I, I know Sam has been sick for for a bit now, so uh, you know rest in peace there. But my best to, to, to his family and obviously to all the fans out there who were you know. Uh, so who grew up listening to Sonny, Sam and Frank, it was obviously a huge deal uh, for everybody. So uh, just wanted to mention that as well. Um, that's it for this episode of the Standard Group Only podcast. More podcasts to come this week, more about this team, the Carolina game. And we'll see what obviously updates on Chase Young as well to come. But that's it for now. Until next time. See ya.